Welcome ninjas to another episode of the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim Cameron Kitchen, best-selling digital marketing author and head ninja at the awesome Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency. This show, like Exposure Ninja, is all about helping you generate more leads and sales through your website. And in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Alex French. Now, Alex runs Busy Coffee, and Busy Coffee is the number one Amazon seller of cold brew coffee. I'll explain what that is and what that means as we go. But basically, Alex has got really good at selling loads of stuff through Amazon. So we've brought him onto the show to talk a bit about Busy's growth through Amazon and what he's learned about how to use the Amazon platform, particularly things like paid search on Amazon and also uh, product page optimization in order to make Busy Coffee an Amazon best-selling machine. Uh, We also talk a little bit about Shopify and his plans um, to mitigate the risk of becoming too reliant on Amazon on its own. Um, So he talks us through their strategy there as well. Really smart guy, great business, and uh, hope that you get a lot out of this. If, of course, you want some help with your digital marketing, that is exactly what we're here to do. My goal is to help you increase the leads and sales that your website generates. And along those lines, you can request a free website and marketing review from us here at Exposure Ninja. What happens is we will take a look at your business and your website, and we will do a deconstruction of your current digital marketing. We'll also have a look at your competitors to see what they're doing, and we'll wrap up everything into a 15-minute video which we record specially for you which shows you how to generate more leads and sales through your website it's awesome and it's had over 300 five-star reviews so to get this free review there's no commitment there's no catch there's no trickery just go to exposureninja.com and click the big button and we'll have your review to you usually within a few days without further ado enjoy the show with alex from busy coffee Alex, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you for having me. So firstly, um, maybe a bit of an intro for those who don't know. What is Busy Coffee and how do you guys make money? Yeah, Busy Coffee is a cold brew coffee brand focused on the at-home use. So we sell multi-serve products for people to drink at home. And it's a physical product, so we sell through different channels like Amazon, our website, and through grocery stores. Awesome. So... um, You might not want to share specific numbers, but if you could just give us some kind of sense of how big the business is and what any claims to fame. Yeah, we're the number one seller on Amazon. We've held that spot for two years. Uh, I think today we're in about 850 grocery stores. Uh, We're under 10 million, uh, but we're in the millions. Awesome. So um, it's primarily that Amazon success that we're going to be digging into today. you mentioned there the grocery stores, Amazon, you've also got your own uh, direct-to-consumer website as well. Um, looking from you know 20,000 feet at these different buckets as ways of attracting new business, which are the areas which are, are most important to you? I'm guessing Amazon is a real key driver of new business for you. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Um, we look at Amazon as the, the cheapest way for us to acquire a customer. And the reason I love Amazon so much is because people are there searching for what you sell. 
And to me, that is the most amazing thing in the world, because if you can harness that search volume, you can acquire a customer for very, very cheaply. I think our customer acquisition cost for the last 13 weeks was $3.09. And so we're able to acquire a customer for virtually nothing. We're profitable on the first order. And then it's just how do we drive more volume through that same customer? So we're going to dig into exactly how you do that um, in, in just a minute. For those who are maybe not familiar with Amazon, they might be thinking, wait, hold on, they're paying to acquire customers on Amazon. So but could you perhaps explain why and how that works for you and, and maybe ballpark some of the numbers that that, uh, that customer acquisition costs, where that comes from, things like cost per click? Yeah, so... Again, um, the, the big thing with Amazon, and there's just millions of people, especially we're in the States, it's, it is, you know, the 100-pound gorilla in commerce. And, you know, we look at it like if I can capture someone that is already searching for what I'm selling, um, it's going to be a very inexpensive way to get that person. So we've tried lots of things, Facebook ads, Instagram, Google, and it just gets very expensive to get that person to purchase. Um, and we've found that Amazon leveraging search is, is the cheapest. And one of the, the major components of our kind of ad campaign is called a pay-per-click ad. And so I think our cost per clicks are maybe a Depending on the campaign we're running, uh, you know, a dollar to two dollars, roughly speaking, and we we basically leverage the keyword search. So a lot of what we pay for is people searching for cold brew or cold brew coffee, and we run what's called a phrase campaign. So those words are put in order into a campaign. So it could be cold brew coffee grounds or cold brew coarse ground coffee or cold brew coffee maker. And we bid on all of those keywords and then just really show our product there. So that's going to be called just, you know, sponsored search. And it just literally shows the product. Um, depending on which time of year it is, we may dip into other categories like coffee which is a massive category. You would think that a lot of people are probably searching for a K-cup or a Keurig pod or an espresso. Um, but we know that our business is seasonal. And so when it comes to the spring and early summer, we, want, we know people are going to switch from hot coffee to cold coffee. And so in that time frame, we'll do display ads, which is, you know, your banner ad on the top of the page. And that's really the place that you can get a marketing message. So we'll say things like, especially with right now with what's going on, you know, a lot of people are trapped at home, coffee shops and cafes are closed. So we'll, we'll run campaigns saying things like coffee shop quality at home. And then we'll show an image of someone with a craft coffee product and what that does is that just builds the brand, gets impressions. And so when they're ready to buy, maybe it's in the seasonal, uh, it's, it's summer now, it's very hot, they're looking for a cold coffee. They see that product and they remember, oh, busy coffee shop quality. And so we run those, those are our primary campaigns. We're now doing a little bit more of the impression stuff by doing video ads where we're okay with just talking about the product and not necessarily driving to a conversion. But what we've found is it, it, it is just the cheapest absolute rock bottom price to acquire someone through Amazon, through search, through pay-per-click. And again, it's because there's that person and they have intent to purchase. 
and they're searching for what they want to buy. And if you have a good product and brand and you can show up on the top uh, sponsored product, you're, you're likely to get a, a very low cost of acquiring that customer. Well, I mean, if, if we use those ballpark numbers that you shared earlier, so if we're looking at like one to $2 cost per click and your cost per acquisition is somewhere around $4, I mean, even doing the the worst version of those numbers, right? You're looking at like a 25% conversion rate when someone clicks on that ad. So anybody who's been running Google shopping ads or, you know, Facebook ads or Instagram ads to get an e-commerce conversion at anything like 25% freaking unheard of. It just shows how qualified that traffic is on Amazon. It's, it's, it is crazy. I mean, we're, you know, we, we do have the best seller badge now, but on an average basis, our total conversion rate, and this is paid and organic, is over 50%. So, and so some of our campaigns where we're just driving you know, volume to the page like coffee, that's not going to convert at 50%. But it just shows that if you can get that organic search on an average basis, we're mm-hmm. hitting a 50 to 60% conversion every single week, which means that someone that – because we're spending about 50% of our traffic is paid – so if someone goes there organically, it's almost a hundred percent conversion rate. And again, it's just because people are searching for what you have to offer. Mm. So you must have learned some stuff about how to create a compelling and effective product page then a product listing page on Amazon. What are some of the key takeaways um, from your experimentation in that area? Yeah, so you know, there's a lot of it around like you want to make sure you can work the algorithm. So I'll get into just some of those things first, and then the actual detail page itself. But um, the way the the algorithm works is Amazon wants to show the most relevant product that's going to convert the highest to their shoppers. And so if you can understand that as the root of your strategy, you're going to be really far ahead. So like we know that people are searching for cold brew and specifically cold brew coffee. It's a weird um, difference, but cold brew people are thinking liquids, cold brew coffee, they're thinking dry coffee products. So we make sure that our title says that. It's very crystal clear. We use what's called a pipe in our subject line or our, our title. So it's just a vertical line to separate. Some people use commas. It's difficult to read. We just put the important information at the top. And then we stuff all of our keywords, long tail, which could be like coarse ground, cold brew, coffee, beans, cold press, coffee, um, any variant of those competitors' keywords. And then the next thing is Amazon. And you can do this, think about it in any sort of um, social engine as well. Any algorithm is if they launch a new feature, they're going to reward you by using that feature. And so we do literally everything that Amazon allows us to. We try and get into every beta program because we just fundamentally know that if they're launching a new feature, they're going to reward the brands and the products that use those features. So we do everything. So that includes um, beautiful photography mm-hmm. on our on our on our profile picture, as I like to call it, and all the res- subsequent pictures. We put in videos. Um, we do what's called enhanced brand content. So it's, it's a paid thing, but it gives you essentially rich media content where you can describe products and features. And they launched this new thing called the founder story. So we added that. And then they recently launched social, like basically social media posts. And we're doing that as well. Um, but it's really important, especially because we're a food product and people want it, they buy based on taste. 
we have to show that this thing just tastes amazing. So when you look at our contents, you'll see a lot of um, cream. We like to call them cream drops, where basically you're just pouring cream into the coffee and it has this beautiful swirl uh, because it looks visually appealing. And so, you know, we just leverage everything that we can. Photography is key. So we have an in-house photographer that does all of our content. And then we make sure that we have all of the keywords put in there so that, you know, we, we talk to our customers a lot and we ask them, how do they use it? Why do they purchase it? What are they doing while they're drinking it? And then we make sure to include those things as if there's a disqualifier. We want to make sure that we call that out in the profile so they don't have to say ah i don't know about this because it wasn't answered Mm. so we try and make sure that we say everything that would dissuade a purchase we also include in there so that we just kind of answer all the questions and and i think that's has contributed greatly to our our high conversion rate that's awesome i i can definitely uh recommend that listeners or viewers on youtube go and check it out it's um if you just go on amazon and search busy cold brew or busy busy coffee I've got to say, I mean, you should probably buy if every other person buys something, then you're not going to damage that average conversion rate. But it's a really good looking mm-hmm. page. Definitely, um, definitely worthwhile. And it's that rich media, like you say, in that product description is awesome. And it does such a good job of selling. I think it can be quite um, tricky for businesses like yours, which are selling a taste type thing or like a beauty product or something to to get the benefit over in just text and images so um you know pictures like you say of of typical usage but also understanding how your customers are using it i noticed on a lot of your social channels the people who are represented on the social channels are a very particular type of audience right it's almost like a i don't know i I don't know how you categorize your your um target customer they tend to be younger people they tend to be like i don't know I guess people like me, if I can call myself younger, I'm still hanging on to that. But that feels quite unusual to have narrowed your focus for something like this on such a a target audience, whereas people might be a little bit scared of doing that because they might think, well, what if an older person wants to buy? They might feel like this isn't the right product for them. So did you have any conversations about being worried about nailing a particular target audience for fear of excluding other people? Yeah, that was a really big challenge for us for the first probably two years because, you know, 62% of Americans drink coffee every single day, which means everyone drinks coffee every single day and every type of person. And we did a ton of consumer research. And the thing and the challenge with cold brew coffee is everyone drinks it for a different reason. Some people hate hot beverages. Some people like that it's lower acidity, so they don't so they don't have to suffer from acid reflux. Some like that it has more caffeine. And generally speaking, it's going to be a different type of person that has that different benefit in mind. But what we learned is the majority of our consumers were 25 to 44. Specifically, 25 to 34 is our biggest segment. And as we talked to consumers, we were realizing that that age group and demographic influences their parents and the older generations. And so if we can speak to that audience and rep and show that this, this younger generation that's driving the health trends and the fitness trends and the work trends are consuming our product, that the older generations will look to them as, um, 
you know, what are the good products to consume? Because generally they're the ones that have the time to do the research. They care about specifically in the food industry, what are the ingredients and what does the brand stand for? And then the older generation, you know, the parents, the young parents want to look cool in front of their kids or in front of their peers. And, and so they'll, they'll go ahead and follow that audience. So um, it was really difficult for us to figure that out. Um, I think I might actually have, um, we actually have some customer profiles are kind of tough to see there, but mm -hmm. we actually even printed out who those, those customers are, what did they do? We made kind of personas of them. Um, but that took us a very long time. I was previously at general mills in marketing and they had this thing called a brand champion and it's who you build your brand for. And it may not necessarily be your largest target consumer, but it's who is going to love the brand, wear the shirt, post about the product because they just love what you stand for. And so we were so nervous about doing that with coffee because it's such a broad category and it appeals to so many people. But as we just talked to more and more advisors and mentors, they just continually hammered into us that we just have to pick a consumer and just go for them. And mm. so that's what we've done. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, one of the things I noticed about the Amazon products and, and kind of your, your branding in general is that the super high contrast uh, design with the words nice and big and bold and really easy to see in thumbnails. It's kind of interesting because we got to a similar thing. We sell books on Amazon. Um, that used to be one of our main lead generators. And we got to a similar sort of approach there through wanting, particularly when people are on low resolution devices and phones, that they can see the products really clearly. Was that a consideration when you were designing the packaging or was that just a happy coincidence? <laughs> No, I mean, that is a major strategy for us. Um, we, we believe that the future of commerce is digital merchandising mm. and that everything is going to be, I really joke about it as a profile pick, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it's like whether you're on a dating app or a social media app, um, that first image, people use Photoshop and they're changing it to look however they want. And it's so important that that stops you in your tracks. Mm. And so we think very consciously about that package and how it shows up on, um, on Amazon. And we have Instacart here, which is a grocery delivery app. Um, really any of those, um, things we are very, very conscious of that and want to make things big and bold to stand out. And we really try and call out the primary benefit, and that was one of the things from the branding marketing side uh, that we the, the big challenge with cold brew coffee is it takes 18 hours to make. And it's not like a cake up where you can press a button. And so we were very conscious about choosing a name that described the problem slash solution to the issues of cold brew. It takes 18 hours. People are too busy to make it. You read it and you think, oh, wow, busy cold brew. I'm busy. This is cold brew. Mm. This is for and so we wanted to just make that be the primary benefit. And so we made that as big and bold as we could. That's super interesting. I hadn't even thought of that. You're basically selling against one of the primary objections by calling. <laughs> That's genius. Mm -hmm. I can't work out if it's genius or dangerous, but it seems to be working. <laughs> Thank you. So, all right, I, I, I want to ask you, I've got to ask, because a lot of people who sell on Amazon, one of their main goals in life, is to reduce their reliance on Amazon. They're like, they're killing me with the margins. I'm scared that they're gonna come out with an Amazon Basics product. They're just ripping me off, like whatever. People seem to hate it, but they seem to be addicted to it at the same time. How much of a concern 
is it for you that you are fairly I don't want to say reliant but you use Amazon a lot for new business and what do you do to try and mitigate that risk yeah it's it's very scary um I mean the stories are real right now if you go on our page Amazon is taking our inventory and selling it against us on our own page and there's nothing we can do about it and so it is absolutely terrifying and it is a drug because there's so much business there so we have over the last year really made a push to take those customers and bring them onto our site and we've tried a couple of different things um, let's say right when we really were like holy cow this is terrifying that we have so much concentration in one customer and we don't even get to see the inventory we just kind of get slapped with fees and we got to pay them mm. um, so we had first tried doing um, basically people would cut, cut out busy points and send them in and then we would get you know their addresses and try and do it that way and that was just not working super well so now what we do is we with this new packaging iteration we're putting um, scannable qr codes on all of our packages that take them to it basically says like you know you're a winner essentially is like clickbaity as it gets like scan this win free stuff right and then we take them onto the site and then instantly hit them with a pop-up ad which has like a fun little spin wheel and then you get a promo code to reorder because we know that if someone purchased the product, they're likely to reorder. So if we can get them, get their email address, then get them on our site, then we can offer them better pricing or more incentives to stick with us and take that customer off Amazon and bring them into our own funnel. So that's been a major focus for us. Um, it's we're, we're kind of just kicking it off now, but it's appearing to work pretty well. That's it's our number two visited page on the site outside of our homepage. So awesome. uh, so that's been it appears that it's going to be working very well. It's it's really spanking new. So we don't have a ton of data that I can share just because it's so new. But um, the traffic to the site is is there. Yeah, that's 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 cool. So the and just to go over the reward strategy, these are reward points that people can basically claim on your website to get merchandise, was it? So they buy the product on Amazon, they get the little cutout thing with their order, and then you're trying to drive them onto your site in order to obviously capture their details, but they're going on there to get merch. Is that right? That was the original thesis, and candidly, it didn't work super great. Mm -hmm. um, we do have a URL on our packaging that was the number one visited page it was like we spent five years developing this product learn how to brew and that worked extremely well and then we're like okay we got to like somehow get them to give us their email address though just get into the website only does so much for us mm. and then we tried the the point system which worked okay the goal was to just retain the customer and really get them to reorder essentially and then we made a very strong effort to get that information and with everyone kind of in lockdown qr codes are really back on the rise and so now that you can just open up your camera app as opposed to having to download an app and do all that super simple and so now we're pushing that program way more and um we'll we'll be pushing that out from a marketing standpoint to like scan to win um so that, that'll be kind of the future of our path of acquire the customer on Amazon for, you know, $3.09 and then get them to scan the packaging and then get them onto our site and, and keep remarketing them through that. Awesome. Really, really smart. I can't help noticing uh, you've got a hell of a lot of reviews on Amazon. Um, is that intentional? Did this just 
happen organically and have you got any tips for people who are looking to get more of their own reviews yeah we do everything we possibly can to get reviews Thought um, you might. <laughs> we yeah it's i mean you know at the end of the day we're all consumers as well as you know business owners and marketers and we all buy things that have more reviews it's mm. just it's it's just how we are it's third-party validation and so we do everything that we possibly can. We have inserts. We send follow-up emails through a, a platform called, I think we use Geek Seller or Seller Labs, which basically automates an email asking for them to submit a review if it's good. If it's not, email us directly or contact us directly so we can fix the problem, but don't leave a review. Um, so we try and do as much of that as we can. And we were getting, let's say, you know, t 10 to 20 reviews a week. And then once lockdown happened, I think last week we got 150 reviews in one Whoa. week. And so it's really this flywheel now where it's 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 so hard to get started. But once the momentum is there, it just it goes so fast. So wait, is that reflective of your sales? Like your sales have like seven and a half X or is that just reviews? Our sales have gone up dramatically. Oh, yeah. OK. I mean, we're not at seven, unfortunately. That would be great. But um no, we basically tripled uh, from like February to June. And what do you put that down to? I think a lot of it is just our category and, you know, candidly COVID happening. So, mm. you know, we are all in lockdown essentially and every coffee shop in the country was forced to shut down and we sell a drug. And so people aren't going to stop consuming that drug. They're going to just get that drug in a new way. Mm. And so they went to grocery stores where we sell multi-serve ready-to-drink products, and they went to Amazon where we sell dry coffee products. And because we have that high conversion rate, there was this influx of traffic, and luckily we didn't run out of inventory because we were you know, being proactive, if you will. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I mean, it's not like you weren't doing anything. You, you, you had to be in the place to take advantage of this, uh, this opportunity, didn't you? Preparation and uh, opportunity. Um, right. Let's talk about your own website. Um, you're on Shopify. How much of a focus is driving traffic to your own site versus all the Amazon stuff and, and the stores? Yeah, it is a absolute major focus for us right now, especially as I kind of highlighted Amazon is, I don't even know how it's legal, right? That's why there's a <laughs> trust lawsuit. But I like, think it's probably they, not. <laughs> It's, there's no way, right? They're taking inventory, our inventory and selling it against us at a lower price. So it's totally insane. But um, because of that, we're just like, we there's and there's nothing that you can do. So we are laser focused on just driving as much demand through our site as possible and owning that consumer relationship. So within the last six weeks, we brought on someone full-time as a marketing analyst that's just optimizing the website, driving traffic to the site, um, and then basically, you know, optimizing as much as we possibly can. So that is a huge focus for us right now. I mean, we, we meet twice a week to just go over our issues list, review all of our, you know, ad campaigns and our funnel optimization uh, because there is such an opportunity there. And it's something that, you know, no one can take away from us, you know, similar to having a reliance on social media, Facebook and Instagram versus having an email list. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just owning that customer is so important that we are really focused on driving more sales through that channel. If we fast forward into a year time, like what would your desired split between DTC and, and Amazon be? 
I'd love to be able to make Amazon just be my customer acquisition engine yeah. and then steal them and bring them to my site. So I think it's unrealistic to think that we'll ever get to, you know, 90% our website, but I'd love to get to, you know, 70 website, 30 Amazon. If we could get there, that would be a, a beautiful place. It's, it's probably an unrealistic expectation seeing how much people just love Amazon and they, even though we could have a cheaper price on our site and better products and different blends, people just love the simplicity of the platform. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's only so many that we're going to be able to convert off of Amazon. Kind of interesting to see Shopify's um, play where it's rolling up a whole bunch of different merchants and putting them, was it like Target or Walmart or one of these larger sites you can buy from Shopify merchants on their site as a kind of competitor to Amazon. Is this something, was that part of your, um, your desire to be on Shopify? Is that something that's kind of been a consideration for you at all? Are you hoping that something's going to come out that's competitive with Amazon? So with, with that specifically, it was uh, walmart.com. Right. And so we've been on Shopify for, since the beginning so four years and so we believed in the platform early on and candidly it was because of its simplicity and it's kind of um analytics i'm I'm, andrew my business partner and i are both extremely quantitative and analytical so having a platform that actually had analytics was critical for us Um, we kind of were being proactive and again because of this reliance on amazon wanted to not have so much customer concentration. So we actually were launching on walmart.com direct prior to that recent announcement. I think it was maybe this month or last month, Um, but we already had a working relationship with the buyer. So we're actually selling directly to Walmart as opposed to through Shopify. But they also did um, partner with Google as well, Google Shopping or Google Merchant, and we're leveraging that. So I think Shopify is an awesome platform it's super simple the apps are fantastic they've optimized it for conversions so Mm. you know they've already done a ton of the legwork to just like set you up with something and put it in your photos and your products and it's going to convert decently and then it's just how do you optimize it but um, we kind of got lucky that we bet on that horse uh, early on and now you know they're a goliath and are able to help us win as well that's awesome um i want to ask you some questions about successes and failures we all have these uh these things in our rear view mirror um sometimes we don't like to talk about them but are there any examples of marketing channels campaigns or strategies which you thought this is gonna you know start the helicopter here we go this is gonna be an absolute killer and it ended up being a complete waste of time oh i got the worst horror story you could ever imagine so this is going to go into the product and our whole thesis and you know how we didn't listen to the data. And so we had initially launched with a cold brew coffee concentrate and it was a 16 ounce. So the, the use of the product is you mix it with water to create a cold brew coffee. And it, that product by itself did pretty good on Amazon. And we had this insight that people were taking shots of it before they would leave to, let's say, workout, where they just didn't have time to mix it and consume a full beverage. And so we thought to ourselves, holy cow, we can launch a shot, a coffee shot of this product 
and it is going to go gangbusters because five hour energy does a billion dollars in sales every year. And we're like, coffee is the future. Cold brew coffee is the future. We're ahead of this. This thing is just going to be massive. And so we went out and we raised over a million dollars in venture capital to launch this product. And we had these sexy campaigns and we hired influencers and we went to gyms and had this whole thing and we launched it and it completely failed. And it almost failed the business. And it was just like there was no data to support that that was going to work. We just had this like insight that people were taking shots of our concentrate. But the only reason they were taking shots of the concentrate because they already had the bottle of concentrate that they used for making coffee with. And so we had gone through this whole thing. We did a road trip. We, we, we bought a van, converted it into a camper van, lived in it for three months, and went to every city in the country, met with influencers. We <laughs> tried to sell it into like yoga studios and CrossFit gyms. And we had four people living in a van for an entire summer promoting this product, like field marketing, feet on the street. And it just never took off. And the start to finish of that product line and the campaign was like two years. And as I said, we burned over a million dollars in cash. And it almost bankrupt the company. And then we just went back to the data and we're like, no, no, it's in ground coffee and it's big bottles of coffee and just like stick with what works. Mm. And so that was a brutal life lesson that almost sank the ship. It probably aged me 20 years. Because <laughs> you're only 15, <laughs> and, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Well, that's and a really, so, I mean, I find it, I find it difficult to be too hard on you for that because any great idea that's completely that's legitimately new there might not be data around that because it's going to be new right so how would you approach something like that today you know i think i'm probably specifically with product innovation it's really really hard and really expensive to innovate mm. and unless you have gobs and gobs of cash it's just not it's it's super risky it is very very risky so now I don't think we would even really consider that. Um, we launched a new product line on Monday. It's called a cold brew coffee pitcher pack. So it's just like a giant tea bag of, of ground coffee that you put into a pitcher and you could just throw it away. It's super simple, super easy. And we almost launched the product two years ago. We had this idea. We thought it was going to be big. And it was right after the shots failed. And there was just no data or market to support it. We didn't know what they were going to be called. We didn't, there was no search volume. There was no competitors doing it. And we just waited. We're like, this is just too risky. We don't want to do, we don't want to have a do over where we have this innovation idea. Um, and some competitors launched it. And now we've been tracking them for two years and there's now search volume, you know, Starbucks is the one that launched it. They're, they're paying to educate the consumers and now we can come in, steal that search volume, and just get them onto our site. So we're a little less risk tolerant on product innovation mm. and really just want to look at the data to say, hey, can we make this happen? And we're now fortunate where because we have that Amazon profile with 1,900 reviews, we can launch a product under that same profile and it instantly has 1,900 reviews. Mm. And so we're able to just launch products, leverage search engine optimization, pay-per-click marketing to get them to the product. And it appears that there's thousands of reviews on the product, even though literally not a single person has purchased it yet. So that's kind of how we think about it now. We're a little less 
risk tolerant than we were. Um, and you know, the advice there is there's certainly an opportunity for innovation, but make sure that there's some level of data or validation before just launching a completely new idea. And if you're going to launch a completely new idea, get to that first dollar as quickly as possible. Cause with the shots, it took us, gosh, I think it was, you know, maybe nine months of work before we even got to the point where we launched it right. and it failed still. And so to be able to just like test it in two weeks, a month, three months would have saved us so much time and so much money. Um, so we just try and like test earlier, test faster, use data. And then when it works, try and scale it as fast as we can. Love it. A couple of quick fire questions to finish then. First thing, if you absolutely had to 10x your sales in the next year, but you had unlimited marketing budget, what's the first thing that comes to mind that you do? I think I know the answer to this one. Um, well, we would, of course, do pay-per-click advertising to drive as much volume there. We, Because we have a retail business, um, I would pay slotting to get into every grocery store in the world. Uh, but that's a little, that's an, a unique thing that because of the grocery channel. Um, we're super profitable online. And so we would just get every influencer on social to post about us and talk about us because there's just so much demand and we still don't, people don't even know who we are. So we'd have a, a 360 marketing strategy. We'd leverage, um, we'd get a ton of brand impressions through influencers, paid social, and then, you know, just drive as much product innovation and, and basically fill the shelves as, as much as we could. That's interesting. So it's a maybe a slightly different approach to what you're taking now in that you'd go for the like the the longer way around by going to the influencers and kind of demand gen driving people back to Amazon or driving people back to your site rather than just going for the, you know, right at the end of the funnel that Amazon CPC. Yeah, well, because we're now at the point where we've kind of tapped out the market on Amazon. Mm. And so, again, because it is a search engine, if someone's not searching for it, they're not going to buy it where there are, there's probably, I don't know if I could do a real number, there's probably 10 million people a day realistically that are drinking cold brew coffee that we could get to buy our products that just aren't searching for it on Amazon, but that they could. Mm -hmm. And so we now have to fill the top of the funnel as opposed to just convert the bottom. And so that's where we'd have to just drive as many people to hear about us. And I think knowing our demographic is that 25 to 44 year old, they're spending so much time on social. And if we can just fill their feed with us, they're going to then go find it somewhere. And as long as we're where they're looking to purchase, um, we should do all right. Love it, love it. And because you've always got a way of getting them back to your site, whatever channel they buy through, you know, you're going to get them eventually, right? Exactly. That's that's the hopes. That's and that's the strategy. And uh, we hope that we can can make it happen. QR codes fly my pretties. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then final, final quick fire question. If you could go back and give yourself a piece of advice on day one of starting busy, what do you think it would be? I would probably just temper my expectations to say it ain't going to happen overnight. Uh, and, and don't launch the shots. Don't do the shots. <laughs> the yeah, van. No, 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 no. Yeah, if, the, if there's no data to support the idea, do not pursue it. Um, and again, like I kind of mentioned it earlier, but really just like get to that dollar as fast as you can. Because um, you, you know, we all know time's our most valuable resource. And if you can get to proving an idea sooner, um, you know, that just helps everything down the road. 
Absolutely. Well said. Alex, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us today. Uh, where should people go to find out more about you and, of course, Busy? Yeah, you can uh, check me out on LinkedIn, Alexander James French. Uh, of course, check us out, busycoffee.com. Uh, and on social, we're at busycoffee, and that's B-I-Z-Z-Y. B-I-Z-Z-Y for all of you Brits. Alex, you thank you it. so much, buddy. <laughs> all right, thanks a ton. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Alex. I really love talking to him, super bright guy, and it's not hard to see why Busy Coffee is so successful. Love that quantitative approach as well. If you enjoyed the video, then don't forget to like and subscribe. We post as many videos as we possibly can, and we've got some really juicy topics coming. And also check out the Exposure Ninja podcast. You can just type Exposure Ninja into any of your podcast platforms and you will find us. Until next time, see you soon.